Hello and welcome to Murder on Her Mind. I'm Caitlin O'Malley and I'm your host this podcast. All right, everybody. Well, I hope you had a good weekend. Um, my weekend was good. Um, I won't go into too much detail. Um, I'll explain in my next episode what I all got up to and stuff. But um, I think this episode's going to be pretty long, so I'll try and keep it short. But uh, I wanted to make this special. This episode kind of special. Um, as you guys know that I'm from Ireland and everything like that so I thought I'd do a little interesting story on like where Halloween like originated from and um, another one of my friends actually suggested doing this story um, when she like messaged me over Instagram and I was like absolutely this sounds so good and I'd actually never heard of it so I did a whole bunch of research into it so I just thought I would kind of keep it local for this set. Well, local to me, not local to everyone else. But yeah, so that's kind of what I've been doing um, these last few days. Kind of just researching like different, you know, traditions and stuff from like Ireland. And um, because that is, as you'll know, where Halloween originated from. But uh, yeah, so but definitely stay tuned for Thursday's episode because it is going to be a good one. I can't wait for everyone to listen to it and um to tell me what they thought about it and it might give other people ideas and like what they would like to do if they ever wanted to come on the show and stuff so um yeah and uh I'm just kind of getting excited for Halloween weekend we're not really sure yet what we're gonna do um we were gonna try and do something small like socially distanced but unfortunately you know our numbers are just getting too high so um, with COVID so I'm not sure like what on earth we're gonna do but I'm sure we'll figure out something my mom has a projector that she wants to put up in the garage and she wants to light the fire pit out in the front garden and um, if there is any trick-or-treaters well um, Chris uh, my boyfriend really wanted to create like a little shoot which I thought was so cute so he wants to create like some sort of a shoot to hand out candy to kids which I think is so exciting. Anything to be creative, I'm all about it. Um, I think it'll be fun for us to do as well, just something fun like that. So we'll work on that on maybe on the Friday evening. Um, but yeah, so that's all I'm all like really excited for. I know there's some new Halloween movies coming out. Um, I think there's one called The Witches or something like that that's coming out and it's got, uh, oh crap, what's her name? She was in Princess Diaries um Anne Hathaway it looks like she's like one of the main characters in it and I really I just saw a clip of it on TikTok um so I really want to check that out that looks really good um so yeah I'm gonna check that out and then I actually bought Disney plus too for like Halloween and for October and December I guess um because they have really good Christmas movies and of course they have like all the Halloween episodes too um, from like you know when you're a kid and everything and I thought those were so good like even all the Simpsons episodes too which were so so good so I can't wait to watch all those as well this weekend um but yeah no um I don't think I've been listening to anything new recently podcast wise um I had a client recommend me um on the Dax Shepherd um one there so I'm going to have to check that out because that actually does seem pretty good. Um, And yeah, uh, like last week was really fun. We Chuck and Nancy left on Sunday. So that was really hard saying goodbye to them. um, It was just such a special time to spend with like, I guess my uh, 
in-laws <laughs> um so that was really nice just to be able to do that so i'm glad now this week i have time to like unwind and everything but uh yeah so anyways we may as well get into it please don't forget to rate review subscribe and uh yeah let me know what you think Okay, so I thought we would kind of start off with like a little bit of history, like behind Halloween and where it originated from and some of the traditions that have now been like carried over to like America um, and, you know, basically across the world. Um, so as we all know, like Halloween is a holiday that's celebrated each year on October 31st. And the tradition actually um, originated uh, with the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain. Um, when people would get like dressed up and they would light bonfires and you know they would try and scare off like all the scary ghosts basically so in the 8th century Pope Gregory uh, designated November 1st as a time to honour all saints soon All Saints Day incorporated some of the traditions of Samhain the evening before was known as All Hallows Eve and later then was would be called like Halloween. So I actually remember learning this in like school and talking about All Hallows Eve and it just sounded so much more like spookier than Halloween. So over time Halloween evolved into a day of activities like trick-or-treating, carving jack-o'-lanterns, lanterns, festivities, like just like gatherings and costumes and of course eating treats. But the origins date back to the ancient Celtic festival, again, Samhain. Um, the Celts who lived 2,000 years ago, mostly in the area that is now Ireland, some parts of England, like more so like Scotland and northern France, celebrated their new year on November 1st. This day marked the end of the summer and the harvest, the beginning of the dark. Cold winter, a time of year that was often associated with human death. Celts believed that on the night before the new year, the boundary between the worlds of living and dead became blurred. On the night of October 31st, they celebrated Samhain when it was believed the ghosts of the dead returned to Earth. Now, this is like a real thing. Like, I actually remember my granny talking about this, and this isn't like just like some, you know, hocus pocus shit. Like, this, this was real. So, in addition to causing trouble and damaging crops, Celts thought that the presence of the unworldly spirits made it easier for the Druids or Celtic priests to make predictions about the future. For people to entirely depend on the uh, volatile nature of the world, these prophecies were an important source of comfort during these long, dark winters. So, basically, like, people would wait to hear from, like, you know, their priests and whoever, like, maybe some, like... I'd, like mayor of a town to know what was going on after Halloween and like how like their crops and stuff would survive like the next year based on like how Hallow's Eve went which was crazy like I think that's pretty cool um to come to um basically celebrate the event Druids built a huge sacred bonfire where people gathered to burn crops animals and sacrifice um to the Delta to the Celtic you know traditions um during the celebration the celts wore costumes typically consisting of animals heads and skins and attempted to tell each other's fortunes so i grew up doing bonfires like um once a year always 
um we would either go to the one that was in Maersk which was this um kind of small village almost like a hamlet that you would go through and there was a big football pitch and they would have a huge huge bonfire now people now wouldn't be putting in like animals and dead you know dead animals bodies or anything like that but it would be mostly like you know if you had a broken wooden chair in your house or you had an old dresser that was broken and it was wrecked or just wood from the farm or whatever it was or old cut down trees and branches that you cut off at the end of summer you'd all you'd save all that for your bonfire now where my granny lived she kind of lived where you could see from her front porch a whole hill massive fields and on bonfire night you could usually see all these tiny little lit orange fires um, and I just remember seeing that. Like, actually, last year, my cousin, Emma, she actually posted a picture um, on Bonfire Night. Because now it's called Bonfire Night. Now, this isn't on Halloween. This is, like, at the end of summer. Um, and it was the most beautiful picture she took of, like, all like, the little um, fires. I think it was one of my cousins, anyways, who took the picture of all the fires down the hill. And I was like, that's so, so nice to see. But anyways, so once the celebration was over they really they would like relit like their fires and they would just you know like they would just like have like celebrations on that night and basically um the bonfire would protect them through the night for the oncoming like winter and um it's kind of like almost like a guiding light as well so um the celebration of halloween was extremely limited in colonial new england because of the rigid uh, protestant belief system there halloween was much more common in maryland and the southern colonies which is funny now because in new england in the states i feel like that's like the goal to be there for like halloween i feel like it's always like decorated like so nicely and i just it just kind of gives me like those uh, halloween vibes so it's kind of funny now how it's it's kind of changed but as beliefs in the um, customs in different European ethnic groups and the American Indians meshed, um, a distinctly American version of Halloween began to emerge. The first celebrations included play parties, which were public events held to celebrate the harvest. Neighbors would share stories of the dead, tell each other's fortunes, and dance and sing. Colonial Halloween festivities also featured telling the ghost stories and mischief-making of all kinds. By the middle of the 19th century, annual autumn festivities were common, but Halloween was not yet celebrated everywhere in the country. So in Ireland and basically all of Europe and probably everywhere apart from America, we don't, in Canada, we don't celebrate Thanksgiving. So that's what that's getting at is they did an end of harvest um, festivity, you know, and we, we never had that. Like we never had thanksgiving or anything like that where we didn't even pumpkins weren't even that big at home or anything like people mostly use like turnips and stuff so in the second half of the 19th century america was flooded with new immigrants these immigrants especially millions of them being irish due to like the potato famine um and especially going into like the eastern states like it was mad like there was millions and millions of people who were extremely sick and you know coming on the the famine boats um who were bringing over all these traditions from ireland 
Um, and then that actually helped popularize the celebration of Halloween. And it just took a storm to the States. Like, it was massive. And even now, I don't even think in Ireland they celebrate it as much as they do in the States. Like, it is huge in the States. So then, going on then to the history of, like, trick-or-treating and stuff. Um, so... Borrowing from the European traditions, Americans began dressing up costumes um, and they would go house to house asking for food or money and um, they would practice eventually in today, or sorry, that practice then became today's version of trick-or-treating, except you would get, you know, treats instead of money. Um, in Ireland, we sometimes get fruit, which was so annoying or like nuts, like gross, but that's what they actually used to give. So young women also believed on Halloween that they could um, find the name of um their future or the initial of their future husbands and i remember like one of the traditions that my granny told me was you pair an apple like peel it and you would throw that pairing over your shoulder and whatever whatever shape the pairing fell that would be the initial of your future partner which i think is so cute and so funny but such a strange thing um so yeah, and then in the late 1800s, there was, like, a movie mold of Halloween into a holiday more about community and neighborly get-togethers. And it was less about, then, ghosts and pranks and witchcraft. Like, then it was more modernized into, like, dressing up and getting fancy costumes and getting treats and stuff and, you know, playing pranks. At the turn of the century, Halloween parties for both children and adults became the most common way to celebrate the day. Parties focused on games, foods, and the season of festive costumes. So, I wanted to go back to where pumpkins came from, too, because I think this is such an interesting um, part of history, too. I, I, I personally think so, anyways, about, um, like, where they all came from and, like, why why we put, um, you know, a candle in our in our pumpkin and why we light it up so people have been making jack-o'-lanterns which is the original name um jack-o'-lanterns at halloween for centuries the practice originated from an irish myth about a man named stingy jack according to the story stingy jack invited the devil to have a drink with him true to his name stingy jack didn't want to pay for his drink so he convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin that jack could use to buy their drinks once the devil did so, Jack decided to keep the money and put it into his pocket uh, to the next silver cross, which prevented the devil from changing back to his original form. Jack eventually freed the devil under the condition that he would not bother Jack for one year and did that. Should, da- should Jack die, he would not claim his soul. The next year, Jack again tricked the devil into climbing into a tree to pick a piece of fruit. While he was up in the tree, Jack carved a sign of the... Uh, of the cross into the trees into the trees bark so the devil could not come down until the devil promised jack to not bother him for 10 more years soon after jack died as the legend goes god would not allow such an unsavory figure into heaven the devil upset by the trick jack played on him and keeping him not keeping his word to his soul um would not allow jack into hell he sent jack off into the dark night with only a burning coal in light of his way. Jack put the coal into a carved out turnip and has been roaming earth ever since. The Irish began to refer as the ghostly figure of Jack-o'-lantern and then 
that's where jack-o'-lantern came from which is really cool i think and again america was the land of pumpkins and i think we definitely had pumpkins but we have more like turnips parsnips carrots all that jazz potatoes of course when we did actually have them and um i actually remember when we were learning this in like my history book and i actually googled the picture to see if it was on google and it is and it's a carved out turnip and it is the most freakiest looking thing ever and um outside uh, there's another town outside my town and then outside that town so Casbar, there's an irish cultural center just ba- basically like what it was like like in the 16 17 1800s essentially and they actually have pictures of this exact same jack-o'-lantern in there and it's so funny you can just see the shape of it and like that would be much more harder i think to carve out than um an actual pumpkin because it has a solid inside i'm not really sure how they would have done that but i'm gonna post pictures on my instagram of that to to show everyone like what that was like because i think that's really really interesting um you know on how that was all done and everything so um yeah and like that's that's just kind of um the story of where jack-o'-lanterns like came from and everything um so i i personally think that's really interesting and they were brought over and that's why they put you know a piece of coal or a, a candle um and people would leave them out on like their front porches you know to guide spirits who might have been lost from different worlds and um you know different places and i, I and just like struggling to cross over and i think that's actually a really nice thing to do and like that's basically the tradition of why we carve out pumpkins and why we leave them on our front porches because we always used to leave ours we'd we would always carve a few but we would always leave some on our front porch and then some like right in front of the fireplace but i generally think that's a very nice thing because i i do believe in spirits and i do believe in people crossing over and stuff and i do think that's a nice way to do that and it is such a good kind of it's a spooky thing but it's also very interesting as well but anyway so i'm gonna move on now to the story of loftus hall um now this is in county wexford um just in southern ireland there so not in the north of ireland southern ireland so um i'll get into that now and it's a pretty it's a pretty spooky story and irish people are so so superstitious i really think we are quite a superstitious little land of people and potatoes but anyway so going on now um onto the loftus hall um the loftus hall sits near one of the oldest lighthouses in the world the huck lighthouse situated at the tip of the huck peninsula the peninsula is a rough and rocky presence and it's so daunting that it gave a rise to the saying by huck or by crook now, I gotta say, I've actually never been here. I've never, ever been to Loftus Hall. But when I was watching a YouTube video on it and, like, you know, just reading up on it, it seemed actually quite scary. And it's a huge old manor. Like, it's massive. And I'll, I'll, I'll be posting pictures of this as well. But um, here you'll expe- experience, like, such strong winds that if you ever went off to the cliff, like, God forbid, you'd probably be blown right off. And that actually happens a lot too. Well, not a lot, I shouldn't say. But at the cliffs of moher you have to be very very careful but i love i also have to say i love when the americans call it mohair 
um that makes me laugh so much i'm like i love and same with like uh galway instead of galway love it sorry to bash you guys but it's actually really funny um but uh yeah and i think that's like we have like gale force winds in ireland like i remember my old house in ireland and it was like you'd be blown over easily like easily like it would be so so windy and like your windows you could actually see your windows like shaking and everything it was that windy so anyways um we're gonna go on to that to like the disturbing history of loftus hall so the still the chilling story includes satan a game of cards pretty freaky so on a dark stormy night many decades ago a devilishly good-looking handsome man knocked at the front door of the loftus hall his horse had gotten spooked by a thunder, by a loud thunder, and he said that it had like the horse like ran off down the road, and you know he was stuck. But then there's also like an old folklore of the version of the story of a mysterious stranger who claimed he had recently docked a ship as he walked from the road along the lane leading him to the hall. A storm arose, yet he was bone dry, so he was all dry, but you know he just walked from the shore of the water all the way up to this house and he was still dry so the stranger begged for shelter from the dark on this challenging night so lord charles taught him he was the landlord of the house i guess you could say like um now i don't mean a landlord as in your landlord who rents your house to you i mean like overall landlord um i don't know i don't know what i'm trying to say <laughs> um but um you know he was like a kindred soul like he was very kind and he was just willing to help this man so he challenged this stranger to a game of poker the stakes were agreed upon if the stranger won he could spend the night for free but however lord Tottenham won the stranger would have to pay a sum of money for his stay. During the game, Lord Tottenham's daughter Anne served refreshments to the stranger and was very taken by Anne's beauty as she was charmed by his good, good luck. So she also thought this man was very handsome and as did he think about her. So the flirtation was not missed by Lord Tottenham and he, and though Lord Tottenham was kind-hearted, he did not plan on losing the bet. While the stranger was distracted by Anne, Lord Tottenham cheated and dealt himself four aces, which is, you know, huge bad luck. You don't do that. You don't ever do that. And another thing we do actually in Ireland, well, this is what my granny used to do anyways when we would play cards. Anytime she would shuffle the deck, she would get me to tap it three times on the top just to make sure it was extra shuffled. Any of my cousins who are listening, I don't know if you remember that, but I remember that. Um, during the game, servants reported that the stranger had hooves instead of feet and he smelled of sulfur. I mean, that doesn't scream the devil. I don't know what does. Uh, with great enthusiasm at winning the best, Lord Totten uh, gleefully revealed his victorious hand and with an unbeatable four aces. Angered, the stranger returned to his true self. No other than fucking Satan. Cursing the Tottenham family as well as anyone entering the Loftus Hall, he horrifically pledged evil doings to all. Now that I know that he's cursed that place, I don't actually think I want to go in there. Even, I might want to stand outside and just have like a little peek and nosy around. But I don't think I'm in any big rush to actually, you know, go in and 
have a cup of tea in that place and a little tour. No thanks. So frightened by the reaction from this... Oh, sorry. I skipped a part. My bad. I'm reading this as a story. With this, he turned into a ball of flames and shot through the ceiling. Now, apparently in Loftus Hall, there's actually a big burnt patch up on the ceiling. And a lot of people claim that that's where the devil had shot up and went out. Which I think is so fucking freaky. Like, fuck that. Like, I don't... You know, I'm not very religious, but I still don't fuck with that shit. Absolutely not. So, frightened by the reaction from his ungodly monster, Anne fled to her room and locked herself in. There, many say she was then possessed by the demon by demons. Speaking in tongues, she engaged in strange rituals. Over versions of the devilish story, other versions of the devilish story say that she was with child, perhaps with the devil, the stranger that came to the house. For nine years, she isolated herself from all others. Since her death in 1775, there is a corner of the room that is still extremely cold to this day where people have thought that's where she had died. It is also said that Anne is sometimes caught in pictures staring out at visitors. Now, um, when you actually look up stuff on Loftus Hall, there is a picture on Google um, that you can see um, one girl walking by and then in the kind of corridor of like a building, you can see like a ghostly figure behind her and it's actually quite freaky. But that's the story of Loftus Hall and I just thought that was like a pretty good story, you know, for, for Halloween, you know, getting getting everyone in the spooky spirit as usual that's always what i'm trying to do these days um but other stories that i remember like my granny telling me or sorry my grandma dora my other grandma so my granny bridgie she's passed away she was the one that um was from the like the north of ireland and then my granny dora or from my grandma dora she hates being called granny my grandma dora then was from northern ireland in county tyrone but now she lives in london so um she told me stories about how a neighbor across the road had to get the priest in one day because there was, you know, um, things being like delf being thrown off the shelves and things just being moving around and there was rats and everything in the house. So they called the priest in one day. And my granny, my grandma does not tell lies. Like, this is, like, a real thing. Like, she would never, she, she's very strict on that stuff. And I, she does believe in all this. Like, she's much more religious than I am. Um, But basically, the priest had to go in there. So he's kind of saying his prayers and he's trying to bless the house. And all of a sudden, these white rats came out of nowhere. Now, not black rats, what they saw before. These were white rats. And they came running out of nowhere. And they went running out the back door. And in the kitchen where he was standing while he was blessing the house all the lino from the corners so each corner of the room the four corners it all started to curl up around his feet and so that was say like a saturday night now this priest is a young priest he's probably you know in his late 20s 30s maybe 40s i don't know that's relevant the next sunday when he went in so the next day when he went in for mass he had a massive white streak through his hair, almost to the point where he completely went grey. Like, and it never changed. He never lost that streak of white. And people think that that was like almost like a possession of the devil, um, and that that was kind of like a way of like harming him almost. But I remember my granny telling that story. I was absolutely terrified. And like, he was a young guy and he had pitch black hair and a full head of hair too. 
and this is what happened to him and sure enough the next Sunday they went to mass and he had a huge white streak through his hair to the point where he was actually almost fully you know grey but uh, yeah so those are kind of like my little spooky stories that I just wanted to add in there at the end but I don't think I have any other ones and besides like you know um, Irish traditions of dunking for apples which I'll be talking about in my next episode so I don't want to go too much into it but um, I would love if you had if you hear this on Tuesday message me right away tell me your traditions of Halloween like what did you do whether you grew up in Ireland England Australia America Canada wherever you grew up what traditions did you have that maybe your granny used to do or your granddad or your aunties or your uncles like I would actually love to hear that I think that's really interesting to see different traditions that have been passed down into families and generations um we had another one where we uh hung an apple from a string and you'd have to bite into the apple that was a really fun game um it was actually very very hard too um but uh yeah those are kind of like the traditions that we had um but i would love to hear other people's traditions what they did or maybe you know if you had any spooky stories from halloween send them my way i would like i really would like to hear them but uh anyways that's all for today um i hope you have a great week and i i hope you have a great halloween weekend too um definitely tune in for thursday's episode it's going to be a great one um and yeah, I think that's all. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. I know I sent you guys all a message about that a few days ago. So um, yeah, uh, enjoy listening and uh, have a great day. Bye-bye.